You're listening to Hey everyone, welcome back to First of All, a real and filtered conversation on career, relationships, all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. Thanks for joining me in my virtual living room and hanging out for this next half hour to 60 minutes uh, each week and I'm here with a really special guest for this week's featured topic. Now we're going to have fun with this. Um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're a returning uh, friend, welcome back. You guys know that I get to bring in like the most amazing friends who genuine like I could just sit around and talk with all day which is why this this time limit that I these goals are kind of silly. But this week we have a topic that's really near and dear to my heart in terms of how problematic and how influential it's been in my life. So for this week's feature topic, we have the good girl complex, aka, this is a title that is made up by my guest, Goody Two Boobs. Yes. And my guest this week is the amazing, the amazingly talented, deep, like, Oh, I just can't wait for this conversation to start. So I'll just intro her. Priska, Priscilla Liang. Hi. What's up? What's up? Hey, hey. Welcome to First of All. Thanks for letting me into your virtual living room. Oh, yeah. Really cozy. Thank you for letting me into your actual living room <laughs> <laughs> slash dining area. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so Priska, um, I freaking love you. I freaking love you. So like, much. So much. And that could take up the whole rest of the podcast. Yeah. So do you want to intro yourself, like share yeah. with the audience where you came from? Um, so I'm Priska. Or Priscilla Liang. I'm a fan of Minji's. Um, uh, and super excited to be here. I'm a singer-songwriter. I sing music. Uh, I have an album coming out in a, in a less than a month or so. So super excited about that. And you have a music video that came out recently. Music video that came out. Fly the Coop. Check Fly it out. The Fly the Coop. We'll yeah. link that. Um, and I did collab a couple of years ago. I won't say how many years ago because it'll just age me. But I met Minji during that process. She did it when she was 10. <laughs> Eleven and a I half. Like a, I was like a baby. Yeah, I was like <laughs> tapping. I was that was my that was my skill. <laughs> I've since learned to sing, but back then I was a mute tapper. <laughs> I mean, I also want to like this is the podcast, obviously, so we can't we we will link everything so you guys can see who Perska is. But oh, so cool. just to describe, I mean, this woman has this voice as mm-hmm. you guys will get to know that is so rich and resonating, but it, ah. it's it's packaged in such a tiny <laughs> person, like like much like myself. We're it's, like the same size. Yeah. Yeah, what size shoe are you? Six. Six. I'm five and a half. Yes. Almost. Well, sometimes five and a half, depending on the shoe. So maybe if I get little inserts, we can share shoes. Oh, totally. Yeah. And if you just stretch mine out just a little bit, we can share shoes. I'll do my best to be gentle. I'm five feet tall. My mom, when I was little, she was really, really concerned about how short I was. And so, you know, she had these growth pills that she wanted me to take. She would make me do these weird stretches. And then one day we got this weird delivery to our door. And I was like, what the hell is this? It was like... the, the size of like it was about six foot tall like this box okay and she pulls it out and it's this weird like exercise looking contraption and is like, it the oh, thing where you hang upside down I wish it was that okay. that's what I wanted okay. that's what I you know as seen on TV I would have ordered ten of those but no this was a <laughs> laid flat thing and it was a device that basically you would put your it, it laid like horizontally and you'd strap your feet into one side and then you'd strap your chin on the other side and there was a cra- 
crank in the middle. Shut the and hell it was up. Literally a medieval stretching device. Like I'm sure you can kill someone on this contraption. Where did she get this? I don't know. I think she ordered it like from China or something. Okay, got it. And so every day I was required to not only take my growth pills, do my stretches, but also lay on this machine for 45 minutes and like stretch it to the point where it was like uncomfortable. That. And it did not help. Intense, and we and we're so, I'm just under five one, so we're, me too. Yeah, I'm I'm like five and three quarters of an inch or something. Okay, but through the good grace of Pilates, I might be taller. Wow. Quite frankly, I've never had an issue with my height though. Yeah, it's funny because like everyone it. else has had an issue with my or like comments on it. And I was right. like, oh, I'm short. I'm like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that, that kicks off the conversation. Now everyone knows me very intimately. Yeah. (laughs) And that's how we are though. That's why we're artists. (laughs) Welcome to our world. But, and that's exactly like Priska and I've talked about a lot of different things. Like she's been such a great friend for so many different reasons, like artistically, professionally about relationships. We, you know, there's so many things that we can dive into, but the one thing that, you know, for me, I think is not really discussed on air in, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. or psychoanalyzed to the degree I would love to have shared. I'm basically, this podcast, I'm trying to make the podcast that I want to have exist mm-hmm. that I don't hear that often. I love that. Um, and one of the things is like, kind of the counterpart to the nice guy complex mm-hmm. is the good girl complex. Mm. It's, Preach. Um, just the, the layers and the struggle, mm. the benefits, the, but sure. like really mainly the problematic nature of right. being the good girl. Yeah. Um, there's definitely benefits like, you yeah. know, I, you know, I can shoplift and then just blink really like pretty and yeah. no one will. And sparkles will come out of your yeah, eyes. Yeah, like little and, anime. Like, yeah, and they'll know. be like, oh my God, thank you for coming. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, okay, I just lifted bye. like a pair of slippers. I have <laughs> actually thought of that myself. <laughs> I was, I have thought that, and okay, I shoplifted once when I was 13 because a friend challenged me in eighth grade. I've never done that ever since. Yeah. And I still regret doing that because I just feel like that's so wrong. Yeah. Um, But I sometimes think, I was like, I, I and it actually came out Sadly, ironically, during like recognizing things that black people go through. Right, right. I was like, I would never deal with that. Yeah. I am one of the most trusted people 100%. in any store. Yeah. No one's going to follow me around thinking I'm going to no take No one cares. It, you know? Yeah. And that's the, the good girl. Like, I have the image. I'm like the unassuming yeah. little Asian girl. Yeah. I um, had a friend back in high school who shoplifted, like, regularly. Uh-huh. And um, once you get the bug, it's, it's very hard to let go of. And yeah. I will say, like, a few of the things. Like, I didn't shoplift very often, but sometimes you're pressured to. Yeah. And... Every piece that I ever shoplifted, I still have. Like, I lose everything, but for some reason, like, like it, it became like um, like a reminder. Like, like a, you know like, what yeah, I mean? Like, like don't a, do this anymore. Yeah, you but know, like also, a little shrine of, sh- of shame. Exactly. Like, don't ever be that person again. Again, yeah. But so this one time, we're at a, an American Eagle or at an unnamed store, um, and <laughs> she used to go through, and we would, she was so advanced, I will not say her name, but she was so advanced that she would bring her own like Hollister bag to the mall like an empty Hollister bag with like tissue um and so she would like bring that to the mall and then we would go to like an American Eagle store or an unnamed store and she would comb through each piece of clothing to check if it had the security the bag thing, on it yeah yeah and then every piece that didn't she would take it and then she was the one that taught me this is terrible and it's different now it's not like this anymore <laughs> but Forever 21 used to have no sensors on any of their objects or their you know sales products yeah um, of their jewelry okay and so she would just <laughs> like, <laughs> 
scoop it into this holster bag. And like, so this one time she's at American Eagle and she's casing it and she's like, you know, finding things and putting it away. But the, the people are like onto her. Cause I mean, American Eagle, I feel like it's a smaller store. It's not as dark as Holster. So people can actually like, kind there's of better vis- like visual. Yeah. Surveillance. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so I didn't know that she was a shoplifter. I'm just like, da, 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 like being a good girl, whatever that means, right? We'll break it down in a second. Yeah. But she suddenly is like, hey, um, I'm going to go to the dressing room. Can you grab this bag and just walk out? And I was like, okay, like, all right, I'll wait for you outside by the fountain. And she's yeah. like, we just walk out. Don't go too fast. You're don't go the too unassuming slow. accomplice. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, okay. And like, as I'm walking out, I'm noticing like all of the co- like the workers of the store converging starting, on you <laughs> con- starting to surround her like okay. a shark like you know what i mean a shark that is like sp- smelled blood in the water oh my gosh and, like, then they saw me take the bag and they were slowly tracking me out and once i walked out and there was no beep they couldn't search my bag <gasps> but i didn't know until afterwards and she gave me a size small t-shirt after and i was like i guess here's this is your okay. consolation prize <laughs> thank you for your thank you for assisting me in yeah, this crime but it was shocking i you know, for a little bit of context, guys, I'm a pastor's kid. Um, I don't know if there are other pastor's kids out there listening, but I grew up, uh, basically, the way I started singing was I joined the children's choir. I was like, you know, wrote my first musical when I was 10 or something to put on at the at the church. And my parents were really strict, especially my mom. I wasn't allowed to have an AIM account. I wasn't allowed to go on the internet. I could do 10-minute phone calls with people. I So you picked a really good one for the good girl one. Um, I, wrote, I just knew. I know. Like, I wrote letters to friends. And I think part of why, you know, my, my partner, um, Abraham, he's he's few years older than I am, but in a weird way, we connect really well because I grew up in this like non-technological household with very strict rules around consuming media, mm-hmm. um, which is part of why I later went on to become a film and media studies major. And to, got, I got like a $30 a month blockbuster, like unlimited account where at to any- To consume all the movies. Just to voraciously <laughs> devour. Get your childhood back or your adolescence that you never had. Yes. I'd be like, oh. Oh my like gosh. six cents, like oh, he sees dead people, like like in like 2008 or something. You know, I like I discovered all these things really, really, really late. Yeah. So anyhow, that's kind of a little bit of history of of how I operated. So at that time when I first shoplifted, unknowingly, um, it kind of shattered my own view of yeah. who I was. Yeah. And so and um, also because it's like your friend that you you trust and that you think is like yes innocent right Right. like innocent but then all of a sudden you're like just kind of thrown into this i just i just assisted a crime right yeah and holy what 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 do i do and i think you know there's so many layers to this and i actually i love your boo abe your fiance congrats (laughs) and um there's so much i want to talk about our respective upbringings in, in church and whatnot, but yeah. it's definitely all these different layers of, for me, when I break it down, definitely growing up religious yeah. um, and growing up Korean, right. American, um, basically inheriting my immigrant parents' uh, version of Korea mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of the expectations of what yeah. is a girl is supposed to be right. like. So what, what's a good propriety. girl to I yeah. mean, basically my... My father, especially, who I have such a complicated relationship, and mm-hmm. I love him so much, but it's like really he's been the, the source of a lot of 
a lot of everything mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. life. Um, his, he always had a problem with how loud I was. Uh, <laughs> you guys volunteer for this. He had to deal with it all day, every day for quite a while. So he always had an issue with how loud I was, how opinionated I was. Mm-hmm. I was very, I just came out of the room very sassy, mm-hmm. but, um, I was kind of shyer as a kid, but I kind of grew into being more vocal about everything that I thought about everything. Mm. Um, it's funny, he called me a movie critic since I was really little, and lo and behold, you know, <laughs> he, he manifested that. There you go. But yeah, just like um, I was a tomboy, mm-hmm. I have an older brother, so there was like a period of time where I only wore his clothes. Like, mm-hmm. I rejected dresses all of a sudden from like five to maybe nine. Mm-hmm. I just was like a boy. Mm. Uh, and that's also another thing that we could talk about because I sure. talked about this in toxic masculinity, yeah. how like I was allowed to be more like a boy in certain sure. ways, but like, should Men my brother be, be more like a girl? Oh, that's huge. Yeah. He would have been massive. sent to like a program somewhere, yeah, you know? Sure. And like, just, but like, girls, like, just how loud I was. Eventually, the things I, I wore, um, being ladylike, you know, just mm. being ladylike, being obedient, yeah, like having um, no say really, like, well, both of us, I think that was applicable to both all my brothers and me, mm-hmm. but well, definitely not the youngest. He got the most chill version of right. our parents ever, but basic things of like, I can't talk back. I can't be loud. Mm. Um, like, I obviously couldn't curse. Not that they would allow it from my brother either. It just felt very severe mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me. Right. Um, and that's with like Korean parents and like, you know, just the roles that were the gender roles that my parents assumed. Mm-hmm. My parents both worked, but my mom would work and make all the meals and yeah. she would do the laundry and she'd wash the dish- the dishes right. and th- you know, things like that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you have sisters, right? I do. I have sisters. Um, so for me, being a good girl kind of meant uh one, it was all the Asian kind of things, right? And then it was all the Christian things, and mm-hmm. then it was just how it was in my ha- in my household, mm-hmm. which often included like um it didn't matter if you were tired, if you were sad, if you were anything, if we had like guests or missionaries visiting or people that we were like ministering to, you had to like immediately turn on and like be accommodating in any way. Yeah. And it's like, there was nothing too much that you could do for people. There was not, um, like, you know, there was no extra, like extra step that you couldn't take for somebody. For sure. Yeah. And I don't know if that was specifically like a girl thing but I think as a girl like you're pushed more towards those like nurturing aspects of right 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 to serve and to like to serve and like from a very like young age like I remember like I broke my leg and mom's like my mom was like oh this is so great because now you can like help people who have broken legs like because you understand it more and like you know it was just like everything was just always about um you know being servicing other people before like even yourself or your family. There's no checking in with like, how are you feeling? No, like, not at all. Yeah. yeah are and you it, being helpful? Exactly. Yeah. And um, there was a certain amount of shame if you put yourself or your family first. Right. And I think a lot of pastors' families have struggled with this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think for me too, it's like, there's this whole trope of like the pastor's daughter going crazy and being really wild and And to a certain extent, like when I was about to start college, I was like, maybe that's going to be me. Like, you know, and I remember I went on like a two night, like overnight fake college experience, like, you know, prior to the school year starting. Yeah. And I just realized I was like, that's just not who I am. I'm not like this 
wild person. Like, I think that's great that people can be. I'm just like pretty pansy ish and like I need to like warm up to things. Right. And also, I was like, if I'm just gonna go and like refute this like good girl image or like this Christian goody, goody, goody two boobs image, like that wouldn't actually benefit me in any way because I'm only like instead of acting according to what my mom wanted, I would be acting in opposition to what my mom wanted, which is still acting in relationship to what that still is, is dictating wanted. the way you act. Exactly. That is still influencing. Yeah. So is it actually, you know, you're doing that to rebel. Exactly. Which is a lot of the motions that you go through. You know, the cliche is like right. you, when you're a teenager, you go through these rebellious feelings and behaviors yeah. unbeknownst to what you're consciously going through. Cause you're just kind of like, you're, you're right. testing things, right? Or like you feel resentful or yeah. you feel like, and, and I think those definitely built up in me. And like, I've definitely, you know, started to share parts of my experience with my crazy ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, the abusive relationship that I was in, in my me too story. I mean, that to me was just like the epitome of being, living a double life. Yeah. And on the exterior, I did everything right. Wow. Like I was the model daughter. Right. I like went to church every week with my parents. I helped them out. You know, I, I was straight A's, yeah. all that stuff, like student leadership, all that stuff. So on the, uh, on the outward appearance, mm-hmm. I was so model. Like I had my bratty moments. No, there's no like perfection there, but like yeah, on paper mm-hmm. looked pretty good. Like Listens to her parents, does the right thing, gets good grades, X Y. But literally, in at night or not even at night on my phone, right, right. <laughs> like in the face I, of all of this, I was like lying. I was so, yeah, giving my money to my ex, like oh my doing gosh. like behaving in ways that are completely opposed and conflicting to this outward hmm. image yeah. of of like being a good girl. And did you feel like you had to work to maintain that image despite Absolutely. Yeah. Like even and in retrospect, I don't think I was entirely conscious. I acted with intent, mm-hmm. but I don't think I acted with consciousness. Right. I think I was just doing what maybe I've been like programmed to do. Yeah. It's like make everyone happy. Yeah. Don't hurt it. And honestly, that applied to my ex too. Right. That's what I was trying to like. It was very manipulative and sure. it was very damaging the way that he demanded things. And like, he was much older than me. So there's so many things wrong with that. Right. But I had the same attitude of like, well, I need to make him happy. Right. And he would like blatantly tell me how his feelings, like everything about what he wanted yeah. and everything that, and it's kind of like, like in that twisted Freudian way or whatever, yeah. it's like a different version of my father. Right. Like their demands are superior to what I want. Sure. You know, if it is making me feel in any sort of mm. negative way, wh- what does that matter? Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, what they want wins. is above your needs. Right. Yeah. No one ever checked in. Like, how are you feeling? Right. Like, are you feeling okay about mm-hmm. this? Is this what you want? Mm-hmm. And those things are so they're they're. I feel like we get programmed because yeah. it gets communicated to us in very like subliminal ways. Like yes. what you're saying. Yeah. It's not bad that you're like welcoming guests. No, you it's know? not. I mean, kind to them and like on the surface. Yeah. That seems great. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is like the intent and the training behind it. You yeah. know what I mean? And what you're really saying when you're telling your child, like your needs don't matter, mm-hmm. your feelings don't matter. Like, um, especially not above anybody else's, like right. who's a guest in our home, which is, you know, I, I don't, I'm not upset about it, but it is interesting to kind of unpack and like kind of realize like even now, like as an adult, um, like in terms of like, if someone does something to upset me, yeah, I feel bad 
bringing it up. You yes. know, I feel yes. bad like speaking up uh, in terms or of having like, feelings and then acknowledging feelings. them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's this need to like always be cool and always be happy and always be kind of docile and always be like down for that. Right. Even if laugh it off, laugh smile it through off. it. Like, come on, do like chill out. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, I'm sure most women get it, but I also do feel like there is this added thing with like Asian women where if you do speak up, it can cause like a different reaction for sure. Where it's less so annoyance, sometimes annoyance but then also like this like weird like you shouldn't be talking kind of attitude right and i don't think people oftentimes people don't even realize they're feeling that way for sure um and it's not just like white men like i've experienced it a lot with asian men who asian and asian women like oh yeah like with you know like it sadly can be reinforced by our our mothers and our like honestly our peers like I've been I've been kind of like okay so clearly I'm I'm a pretty opinionated person. Right. I I've accepted over the years that like yeah, I don't always go with the gra- I go against the grain sure. whenever I see I see fit and that's a challenge that I do to myself mm. specifically as a result of the abuse and the trauma of like what I experienced as a teenager. Yeah. And the ongoing struggle kind of getting on the same page with my dad which now is like so much better. Mm-hmm. But really it's like a few decades of oh. this push pull with my dad absolutely and and finding my voice right Mm -hmm. but like i would get that even from girlfriends Mm. they'd be like okay like Like, maybe you shouldn't say that or yeah yeah. and i'm like look you're kind of and it would it would hurt because i'm like hey if i'm speaking up about something it's not to be hostile it's to be to defend something that i think needs to be defended or like an injustice that i want to speak out on but it's kind of like they have this fear that they project on yeah. me. Like, oh, I I just don't know if it'll help you. And they're trying to right. protect me, too. They're yeah. like, well, if you get too, like, eh, about right. it. They won't even, like, yeah. yeah. I've gotten the, uh, maybe you should apologize. And I'm like, dude, I did I've not that. do anything wrong. Though. Yeah. Like, and I would say, like, I wish I was as outspoken as you can be. Like, I think for me, like... <clears throat> I can, you know what I mean, speak my mind with my really good friends, but I yeah. have a bit of a hard time being completely frank when I'm discussing things with people, like yeah. people I'm working with or people like in positions above me yeah. or, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit tricky. Like right. I find, like I have like a, like a work voice, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it can be a little bit tough because it's very filtered. It's heavily, heavily, totally heavily filtered. filtered. Right. But then That's a good term. Yeah. yeah. And, but then having, you know, girlfriends that kind of come to you and they're like, maybe you should say sorry, or maybe you should apologize for this. And it's something where you just spoke up for either someone else or for yourself, for yourself or yeah. to point out an injustice. Yeah. Then that's really like discouraging, you know, for sure. um, because it's hard enough to say something and then to have someone be like, you should really step that back. That's, right. um, it can be hurtful. It can alter how you're going to handle situations in the future. Um, and for me, I feel for us, I think like we can take that, but then I'm like, that's so insidious. Like if there are, if this is like what women are telling each other, like under wraps, like that's, I think something we need to really watch for. Right. It's across the board. I feel like this is maybe where we're at as a society in terms of how we're shifting right. that narrative because we can theoretically say, oh, no, it's, yeah, stand up for yourself. Right. But do you really want me to stand up for myself? You know what I mean? Right. Because when, once people actually start doing that, 
there's only a margin of like tolerance. They'll yeah. be like, okay, I hear you. Okay, now you're getting annoyed. And you're done. Because that's what's been happening, honestly, and, with me too. Yeah, like, and be grateful that I that I listen to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, like, dude, thank you for your good graces. Like, thank yeah. you for letting me sp- like exactly. say what I feel. It's like, oh, I'm so, um, I've bestowed upon you this <laughs> opportunity to speak. And now that you've spoken... Like, you know what I mean? Be, You're done. Be grateful. Yeah, and, be gracious. And, and then also don't be mad anymore. Yeah. You oh, got your you turn. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pat on head. Well, that's the thing. I feel like when I stepped back and like a lot of these things really kind of took shape after multiple relationships, like not turning out the way that I thought that they would. And, you know, those, those lessons, they teach you a lot mm-hmm. and it takes time. Right. Because, you know, you react and then you're, you're kind of operating in this old, mm-hmm system right Right. this old paradigm that you've grown up with and then over time you're like no that doesn't feel right Mm. right like and what about it is causing this anger in me like for me I think that's like my folly or maybe Mm. like I'm actually going to talk about this with Paul in a future podcast episode we're going to talk about anger and like the utility of it like how tough it can be to deal with rage but like how functional it can be really helpful to like drive change right um so I had to sit with my anger and be like, why the fuck am I so mad? Right. Like right. there is real anger. And I didn't make this up. I'm not yeah. just like, like, hey, let's like wake up and be like pissed today. Mm-hmm. Or like, let's be difficult just because I feel like mm-hmm. it. It's like an arbitrary emotion. Mm-hmm. It's rooted in something very real. And yeah. like even allowing myself, like you've talked yeah. to me about this. Right. That like if there's a problem in a relationship, like you're like, it's okay for it to just be shitty. Yeah. That's fine. Like That's the in- fact that you gave me that permission, I started crying <laughs> right there. I was like, "It's okay to feel bad," you know. Sometimes you you don't have to fix it, and and you know, for me, it was like um, when I was in a relationship, and you know, I'm you know very eager to please, want to make them happy, yeah, yeah. And like, if I fuck up, fuck up, and I'm just like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and he's like, "You, you thank you for apologizing," yeah. But it kind of doesn't change the fact that I'm still hurt and mad, so you have to let me ride this out and we have to just sit there with you apologetic and me still like getting over it like he's like in that way where it's like like we don't have to be good girls like he doesn't have to be the nice guy and, and forgive me immediately yeah because we're human because we take time residual, yeah. residual hurt and pain and just sitting there together in that is like weirdly one of the things that have like bonded us more than you know what i mean just like quick forgiving and like quick like understanding that's the part that i think i had a really i'm still struggling to like live Mm -hmm. it's all theory it's all in your head like okay yeah i gotta stick up for myself if we fight then we fight we're gonna deal with it but yeah confronting people is never gonna be comfortable right and as girls as like girls that were raised to be like good girls accommodating girls um you know compromise like we're always kind of compromising ourselves for the sake of the other person's comfort yeah and that like it manifested in so many different things where like in retrospect i'm like wow that that's literally what ended this particular Mm -hmm. relationship and one of my stories that i share as like an example of that an ex-boyfriend and i we we had about we were together about a year eight months just under two years mm-hmm. we broke up I learned a lot from that relationship mm-hmm. it was my early twenties and um, he's a great guy and we're still friendly like we we haven't spoken in years but like we're we're really we're cool good. yeah but about two three months after we broke up you know we both had time to kind of like lick our wounds and like we had accepted that we weren't good together mm-hmm. so it was it was a very like mature and mm-hmm. like thoughtful breakup mm-hmm. but it still hurt yeah you know you absolutely. lose somebody that was in your life for almost two years for really like a lot of your life oh my god but we talked about it and then 
Dude, that conversation after we broke up was a doozy because I kind of wrote him off as like this insensitive, talks before thinking kind of guy. And he kind of is that way. Mm-hmm. He can be a little bit like right? bro-y, like just says whatever he thinks yeah. and like, has that insensitivity thing. But he's such a thoughtful, sweet person. Got but it. like he was going through grad school at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like working and finding my independence as in my early 20s. And two months, two or three months after we broke up, we had this like closure conversation. Mm-hmm. And during that conversation, after we had broken up, yeah. I revealed to him, I was like, yeah, well, this and this hurt me when that happened. Mm-hmm. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why didn't you ever? He's like, so you never, so he's been like dealing with our breakup for two, wow. three months. And he was like sad as much as I was sad, but then like for different reasons. And yeah. then he's like, how come you never said anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you're dealing a lot with school. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, like it's considering just, all these things right. in his life. Yeah. Like, and, when would have been a good time to, like, bring these up? He's yeah. like, I don't know. Like, it's... So he was also taking responsibility for the fact that he never checked in with me. Right. I would be, like, visibly kind of annoyed. I yeah. would not be happy. Right. But he didn't make it a priority for him to be like, are you okay? Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We would both sweep it under the rug. Right. Or he would assume, like, if you had a problem, you'd say something. That I would say it. Right. right, right and right, so, right. like... I couldn't because, yeah. again, in my programming, even unbeknownst to me, it's not mm-hmm. like a conscious choice. No. I just like, I, why you're would I bring that up? Accommodating. Yeah, yeah. Like he's going through a hard time. This is just going to lead to a fight, mm-hmm. which it absolutely would have. Sure. But that's a necessary fight. It's a, yeah. It's an important fight if something's bothering you yeah. to like address it 100%. and figure it out together yeah. as a couple. But instead I was just like, no, everything's mm. it's, it's fine. It's whatever. I would deal with it all yeah. by myself. Right. Yeah. Resent him. And then it built up, built up, built up. And then I was done. Yeah. So that's how we ended was because I was done. And then I was like, we're done. Mm -hmm. And he didn't even have a shot. So Mm -hmm. he was really hurt. He was like, so you had all these issues Mm -hmm. and those, and he wasn't, he was like, I didn't even know I did that. I didn't know that I was being such a jerk. Like, yeah. And he didn't deny it. He was just like, I had no idea that I did that to you. I had no idea that I hurt you like that or that I upset you or annoyed you like that. But uh, he's like, but I'm kind of like, this sucks. Like, right. I just like, he's like, I didn't even have a shot to I make anything, anything right. Yeah. So how did you feel in that moment? Was that I was revealing? Like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Because at that point I was already finished. Yeah. Right. And, but then like, I still cared about him and it sucked to like take responsibility. Sure. Yeah. Cause I was just like, yeah, I never Absolutely. said anything. Oh man. So the, the, like the sheer logic of that was yeah. just like, yeah, if you don't ever speak up, you don't ever let anyone know something's a problem sure. and why? Yeah. Then how can anything ever get addressed? How or can resolved? you expect anything to be different? Right. Yeah. No, but then there's totally this like true. process of like I had so much built up that it makes sense. Like even again coming out to like the Me Too movement or a lot of things like people yeah. have this like built up yeah rage, rage or like resentment yeah and you're just like I don't even know what to do with this because yeah. I've never been allowed to like yeah to express it be you know, unaccommodating. And then, you know, it's kind of this twofold thing where like the more representation we have, the more we realize how much we really deserve or like, or just as a human being to be represented in equal parts and equal amounts and whatnot. Yeah. Um, because that's the promise of the country that we live in. Right. And, um, I think that angst is being kind of, it's, it's like, um, like you've hit like a hot spring and that spring is like, you know what I mean? Jutting out. Geyser. (laughs) Exactly. Like a geyser. It's been like held down for so long. But I think what's interesting too, is like, you know, I, I was in a really bad relationship and, um, he was just kind of emotionally abusive and, um, really challenged a lot of like my good girl, like ways and thinking and, and all these things. But it was interesting what I kind of learned from it. And it kind of, um, 
I don't know. It's kind of about what we were talking right before. Um, we were talking about acting, but I'll try and tie it together. Basically, after we broke up, you know, I, I think I had pretty rightful reasons to break up with him, and mm. I kind of presented it. But during the actual breakup, um, for some reason, I felt this need to like still be the good guy, even though I initiated the breakup and yeah. I broke his, you know, heart. And 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 I mean, I I was in pain too. It was very very a really tough breakup. But throughout it, like I always wanted to try and be the the good guy. So like, if mm-hmm. he needed someone to talk to, I would be the good like the good the good person to like rescue him. And like if like oh, he rescue. like misbehaved, complex. yeah, then Hero I would complex. be <laughs> yeah the person who would like go to the place that he messed things up and fix it. You, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it was my, and finally he was just like, you don't always like having have to be the good guy. Like you don't have to always like try and like position yourself. So you like, you're the good guy because then that automatically like makes me like a shit person, you know? Yeah. And I was like, Oh fuck. I didn't even know that I was doing that. In yeah. a way, I guess it's like kind of passive aggressive in a way. It's just like, I have a savior complex and in a way it's like, I wanted to be as mature about this breakup as possible. It was like a combination of those three um, and kind of like putting him in a position where even though, yeah, he was an asshole during the relationship, it made it so that he had no way of like, of having like the moral high ground ever in this because process. you're too busy like, I'm, like uh, occupying that. all over it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's my territory yeah but you it, don't get that it's it's tough because um you know as women and also as like a min- minority woman like we it's so ingrained in us to be good and to be proper and to be um you know uh correct in so many different mm-hmm. ways and be respectable yeah and even in a breakup i wanted to be correct i wanted to be like fair i wanted to be like measured and to be um kind and i, mean, I don't think that's like necessarily that's a bad, bad thing. thing yeah but it was i think the intention behind it was just really more um dangerous than i knew at the time right yeah i mean because i think what's what is the driving force like an underlying factor that's very real in this whole dynamic is the perceived risk Hmm. like if i am if i am unpleasant in any way i'm gonna get a lot of shit for it yeah you know what i mean and to a degree Again, everything's kind of been changing in waves. It yeah. takes, it's good. It's incremental change. But to a large degree, there has been a lot of backlash. Like yeah. if you just, I mean, we can talk about the, the gender disparity in terms of expectations. That's sure. so like ridiculous and it's expanding and it's changing and it's shifting, which is amazing. But that's why we have something to talk about because yeah. it's been so ingrained in us that if we said no, the simple case in point is like if a man were to say no. <clears throat> It's simple, like oh, he stood up for himself. Yeah, good for or, like him. they might be pissed, like because they don't like that he said no, but they'll be like, like yo, but he stood his yeah. ground. I respect that. Totally. Woman says no, it's like what the fuck's wrong with this She's bitch? Being, yeah, exactly. Like okay, for example, I was uh, I was recently like on vacation. I was in London, and I got the stomach flu. I don't know what happened. I had like a twenty four hour stomach bug, and I was like vomiting and things coming out from both ends. It was not pretty. Yeah. Um, but the second like like you know I had like a day planned out of like people that I had to meet up with. Mm -hmm. And, um, Abe was like, dude, like we should just cancel it. Like you're not feeling well. I'm like, no, like I must, you know, and (laughs) I shall shall prevail. Yeah. And I'm like (laughs) sitting on the tube, like trying to keep in like, you know, things from both ends. But the second I get to the coffee shop, I like, like 
flip a switch and I'm like, perk up. Yeah. Perk up. Yeah. And like, the thing is, I want to be like, oh my God, guys, I feel terrible. Like, this is horrible. Like, I don't know why we're doing this. But <laughs> because for some, I don't know if this is just being a woman or being, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, I snap into position and I accommodate the hell out of everyone that's in front of me. And we went to a breakfast, we went to a, an afternoon tea, and we went to a dinner, and we had to fly out the next day. And in the in the thing is, like, right when I get in the room, I am fine. And then poor my poor partner, once we leave, I, like, deflate like a balloon. You unravel. Yeah, and he has to, like, carry me, like, by the tail, like, you know? <laughs> We're going to get this like, one uh, home. Yeah. Uh, why is that? Why do we do this to ourselves? I ask me, it's just, yeah, there, I think there's a lot of different cues in social conditioning and perceived risk and fear of, like, not not being accepted, not mm. being loved, not, you know, being not good appearing, enough, giving perfect. enough. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And, we're, and there's so many ways that that's across the board. You know, people yeah. get those repercussions and those consequences of, of speaking up yeah. in a lot of ways. And we're finally really like, those things are more nuanced now. Mm-hmm. They're more in people's faces. I think it will be accompanied by a good amount of anger because yeah. this is like centuries of this shit. Right. And realistically, we are in a place of privilege in yeah. the United States. Yeah. Like to true. be completely real, where we're at in the 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 place to speak out in anger about mm-hmm. it is like light years ahead of like so many so other many. yeah communities and sure. populations out there of women who are oh my gosh like not even allowed to to have an education yeah they like i literally was at a girls impact the world film festival mm. i got to speak and go to austin um last so i have cool. no sense of time <laughs> a week ago two weeks ago two weeks ago yeah and um these, I, these I stalk women. her on Instagram. Guys. Thank you. <laughs> I stalk you too. Um, but, and, and these these women, these young women who are filmmakers, one of them is from Pakistan mm. and she's an Oxford student. Wow. She's freaking like 18, 19 years old. Oh my God. Already a filmmaker, but she right. made a film about girls who walk five kilometers each day to get water. Oh my God. Their job for the family is to fetch water. And because that occupies so a much bulk of, of their day, yeah. they don't go to school. Oh my gosh. Because that is what girls do. Yeah. No, You know what absolutely. I mean? And like... Literally, That's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And so like, we're like, I also recognize these things. It's a spectrum Disparity. of experience. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my place of privilege, but also where can I, what can I benefit from this privilege to then yeah. be a voice or advocate. I mean, again, kind of you can you can label mm-hmm. that as being the savior complex, but I feel like that gives me a sense of purpose to all this madness. Right. If what I'm going through yeah. can assist somebody else to like have some level of comfort yeah. or like right. catharsis, or um, I can fight for them so that they can they can have a, a chance at equality, then then fuck so yeah, worth it. Yeah, then yeah. And you know, it's it's interesting too because. I do wonder, like, as a good girl and holding on to this kind of persona or shell, mm-hmm. what we're so afraid of. Like, okay, if you were to come into the office and you were feeling unwell, mm-hmm. like, obviously you're a boss, so like, you're going to, like, you know what I mean, have to deal with people. But let's say you're just dealing with a coworker. You, you're not, like, a as powerful as you are in, <laughs> in real life. But, like, in this situation, like, with your coworkers, with your, let's say, male coworkers, what are what are we afraid of when we have to kind of like put on like extra cheerfulness or extra accommodatingness like you know what i mean like what are we afraid of what's the worst thing that could happen is it like that they call us a bitch or like you Maybe. know what are we afraid of yeah i, I mean th- that's pretty sadly highly influential like just being yeah. seen as somebody who's 
unpleasant right and not being somebody that someone wants to work with and to be honest it's like a barrier to getting what you want done right but because it's it's like there's unpleasant which is just like rude and mean and whatever Uh but like let's say i don't know even like okay like sorry the table oh sorry (laughs) so like last year like this is a little extreme but last year my dog died and i got the call right before going into a video shoot and i guess this is just being professional but i didn't say anything and i was like perky as hell and like got through the entire video shoot and mm-hmm. then like literally was like okay like bye guys like bye got in my car <laughs> closed the door and then like just like rained down my face yeah like and like part of me is like okay i'm a professional like i have to get things done like if there's a gig i need to get it done mm-hmm. but at the same time like i didn't want to be viewed as like an emotional like female, that's you know, also that. yeah. So that's tricky. Like, what are we so afraid of? Gaslighting and- of like, yo, she's crazy. Or it's the time of the month. Or, oh God. Yeah. That's a whole other- and then like, what's so bad about being an emotional female? It's been coded as negative, mm-hmm. like based on mm-hmm. all these stereotypes that have pervaded, you right. know? And so, and honestly it gets worsened because like, here's the thing. It's so many, fu- it's so many funny things in life that if you just accept it, it's not a big deal. Right. Right. Like if I'm having, yeah, there's one week, a quarter of my life <laughs> between the ages of 10 and probably like 55, I'm going to feel like complete shit. Right. And that's my, like, to me, I stopped looking at it as like a hindrance. I was like, this is what makes me feel like superwoman. Yeah. If I step back and I'm like, yo, I have a quarter of my life where I'm like a wreck. Mm-hmm. I literally, my brain is foggy. My body goes to shit. Yeah. Everything that I, I work out regularly and I get bloated unbeknownst to like yeah. uh, against gravity. Like it just kind of, everything goes awry right. and I have no control over that. Yeah. And you just feel this way, but you just deal with it and you keep going. And like, so does every other woman. Yeah. Like we just power through it, keep going. We still go to work. We still raise children. Yeah. We like everything. I think that's why girls are better at keeping secrets because we have so many secrets just being a woman like you know i i agree and like (laughs) i just want space and like that's the thing too it's like the secrets are what create resentment right um i think sometimes we don't even know that we're keeping secrets you know what i'm saying like why is everything that i do like like coated with a blanket of shame yeah like that's some real that's that's it's just a hindrance to I'm going to get totally hippie, but it's like, that's your hindrance to living your best life. True. Like if I can't accept myself for being a freaking human being and having feelings and having my days where I'm off and like not feeling it. Right. Then how is like, it builds up in you yeah, and it like, it, it projects and it it just like splatters everywhere to everyone else. Right. And like, I've talked about it was slim with like toxic masculinity. I feel very much for men. I mean, this, this conversation is centered around women and the Mm -hmm. good girl complex, but you know, and, and of course the, the conversation is so much wider now with LGBTQ, Mm. with people that don't you know, align with sure. the heteronormative yeah. narrative. But again, that's our evolution as society. I think we're getting more nuanced. We're div- diving deeper, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And, and I think it's just giving per- permission to ourselves yeah. to be freaking human. And I'm with you. I mean, I feel like I do feel for men in this time. And it, well, it's funny. I was watching like Black Panther with, with Abe last night. And he was like, dude, I feel for white men. <laughs> this is how the movie like, made me feel. Where it's like, you know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, and at first I was like, white men don't need your sympathy. Like, <laughs> but in a way, it's like, it's, it is interesting because I do feel for heteronormative men in this. I feel for them. I don't feel bad for them, but uh-huh. I feel for them. Like, mm-hmm. I understand like there is there is a discomfort at this juncture. And I will say, I think that even in like heterosexual relationships, um, 
the gender roles are, it's a confusing time. It's a complex time because there's a lot more dialogue happening, which is positive, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of ingrained, like, you know what I mean? Masculine, feminine ideals that are implanted in each of us. And this could be for all relationships, right? I'm totally guilty of that. (laughs) I've told males, like, stop crying. I I said that, but also I say that to myself just to be clear. Like I, like, I'm just like woman up. Like that's a term I'm now applying. What does that mean? So I've also noticed, yeah, like the other side of it is there are sometimes comp, like if I was girl power all the time, girls are right, girl, go girls all the time in my relationship. I'll tell you, like, I don't think we'd be together because like, I think that's a great like concept and a great narrative, but sometimes in a relationship, it is about compromise and it's not compromising your gender equality or not compromising your gender like validity in any way. Absolutely. But then sometimes there are certain roles that you have to kind of continue to, and I don't even think they're just masculine and feminine within a relationship, but I think they're coded as masculine and coded as feminine. Yeah. And so it's like, we have to figure out like where we stand. Like, Like I, want to be an independent female. But then I also understand like, it is my, I want to nurture you as that's well. Your strength. And that's, that's okay. What, that's great. That's okay. I <laughs> yeah. don't have to like feel shame that like, I want to stay at home and like, you know what I mean? Be girly with my boy. That is a whole yeah. other conversation I want to have because I yeah. know that there's like a growing conversation where a lot of women who have opted, like feminists who are like, who, you know, call themselves feminists right. and who harpoon other women for choosing to be mothers or stay at home, you and know, and like not, that they're like, you're, that you're like not helping the fight. I mean, that's, that's problematic too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, the one part that we haven't spent a ton of time because we like, we're processing a lot of the, the negative aspects of this yeah. good girl complex. I think on the positive side, which I still, you know, have very near and dear to my heart yeah. is the fact that I've learned a lot of good things being the good girl. Okay. I, what are, I, what are I really have learned being a goody two boobs, being a goody two boobs when I'm at like it. I'd like that I can diffuse a situation. Yeah. I'm glad that I, I can like, it's sometimes a superpower to be able to like, you know what? I'm going to just take a second yeah. and like, we're not going to go there right now Yeah, because you know, right. It's like, you're not there. It, it, you go too far in either direction sure. where like, you're just rebelling and like you do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Then it's like, then you're just becoming as a person, you're just becoming rude and yeah. considerate person. So I think the good girl part is like recognizing the value of compromise mm-hmm. in a good way to like say, Hey, it's good to be considerate. Right. It's good to like make people feel good. Yes. Like I love, I love being hostess yeah. for people that I love and that right. I think are like, you know, yeah. that I want to accommodate. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, it feels great. And I think it's good to acknowledge that because it's not like, yeah, I'm trying to deconstruct the good girl complex. The complex itself is what I think is problematic. Being like, a good girl, like actually like kind, a good person. Yeah. Being yeah. a good, you know, a person of integrity yeah. and a person who is kind yeah. and who can like serve others, you know, with, For with sure. a genuine heart. That's amazing. That's a good thing. So yeah. I don't take away any of that. Yeah. And I think like, um, self-control is a big thing. Yeah. Like, okay, we haven't talked about sex like this time, but we'll talk about it. We will. You know, Madonna whore complex. And that's something like I definitely like lived through and the concept of like, if you're too sexually active, you're used goods. Like, you know, there's, that's also the part of the, Oh my God, we didn't even talk. Yeah. We didn't even go into that, but that that's okay. We'll talk about the the goody two boobs part two next time. But, um, because that could, (laughs) we can talk, we can wax poetic on that. 
you know, but I will say things like self-control, I think are really great. Um, being able to be like an invisible observer to mm-hmm. many situations, mm-hmm. I think allows us to experience and see, um, stories and situations that people aren't privy to, For not sure. because like we're like better, but it just happens that we get kind of ignored and like things can happen in front of us. You yeah. Know? And, and you can then, take the temperature sometimes really, yeah. really well because you're, again, being accommodating to somebody is being right there for them. Yeah. So that's what I feel is like helped me so much as an actor or as a person leader, what have you. Yeah. That like I can size a person up in a good way. Like I can read them. Yes. Pretty well. Totally. Whereas you can like vibe it out. Right. Yeah. Because we've been primed to do that. Yeah. Like your job is to walk into a room and see and, like, is everyone okay? Mentality. Do you have water? Do you have tea? Is everyone good? Yeah. Is no, everyone totally. okay? Oh, they're not okay. Yeah. They're like they're they're there, but they're quiet. You right, know, like you right, feel right. that. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah. Like no, that's a huge thing. You also gotta you gotta be in the room. <laughs> like you gotta I, be in I, the am room. Am I okay? <laughs> right. That's the that's the thing you have to check in on yourself. Yeah. But yes, like yeah. being able to yes, like kind of it, it allows you in a way to operate like playing chess and not checkers because like you can like size it up and you can kind of like instead of just like ah like react like you know the thing with like self-control and like being a little bit more reserved and like taking a minute before you speak like you know all those things can be problematic but it also gives you an amp like an extra like 10 seconds on the clock that people don't generally get for sure absolutely to to save your energy to react differently to consider different things like Yeah. yeah i'm mad at you However, I also understand that that was a situation that's separate from this situation that we are dealing with it's, right I now. I think it's a very great way to be mature. Like There you go. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, I think the good girl thing, the good girl term is pretty much the equivalent to the nice guy. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of either. Like, I don't aspire to be a good girl. Like, I'm realizing through this conversation, like, I, I want to be a great woman. Right. Huh. I have so mm. much reverence for the word woman mm-hmm. now. I feel like, and it just grows every day yeah. where it's like, oh, these women, you know, it used to be kind of like sure. this like derogatory term, sure. but now I feel like it's gaining so much power oh. and we're imbuing it with power. And I think it's we're great. changing language. Exactly. Yeah. The meaning of that word. And I do think that the nice guy, um, kind of concept is more malicious Mm -hmm. in certain ways because it's kind of like you're offering kindness for sex in return yeah so i don't think good girls tend to do that i guess the good girl connotation would be like chastity belt like she won't give up which is also problematic because good girls have sex too and they can enjoy it and they should enjoy it and it should be pleasurable and Mm -hmm. it should be um a communication it should be a dialogue right Mm -hmm. and i think like a lot of issues that i see like in the church is a lot of people that are hooking up because fuck like people fuck like you know what i mean <laughs> like oh like big secret ah oh my god but like they feel like they're not allowed to one be expressive within the bedroom because like oh like the man doesn't want like a whore right right two they're not allowed to be expressive publicly because they're not supposed to be having sex because good girls good don't girls have don't have sex yeah and then but then like the, you walk around thinking like guys oh well guy, all guys have sex right We're, Where's the math in that? Like, right, <laughs> exactly. And then where's the math in like, oh, like all guys watch porn. It's it's just the way it is. Oh, but women, ah, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. and then it and then it makes women afraid to ask for what they want because it's like, oh, how do you know about that? Yeah, and it's like, well, for me, I read like a lot of Cosmo magazines. Yeah, but like, you know what I mean? We it all it it all permeates into our sex lives, into our relationships. And that's why it's so important to talk 
talk about. Right. It's not just like a thing, a superficial thing. No. Like it's not just like, oh, when you're talking with friends or with coworkers, this, this really impacts across the board, especially in our private and intimate relationships. Right. Right. With family, with, family, with, with our with partners, with, within our best friends, you know, yeah. the people that we consider to be so much of a priority to us. I, that's to me the core, like what matters the most and all the other things kind of like it's concentric circles. Those yeah. other things are peripheral to that mm. and they do impact us the where we worked our places of work the places that we buy things or whatever yeah. like it's all having respect is really important but it all i think really starts within family and within mm. friendships and within you know romantic relationships those are the things that impact us very deeply mm. so that's why i think it's just always worth talking about and prisco you and i just like set ourselves up for another 80 episodes 80 episodes so thank you and i really hope that this was you know a glimpse at kind of the beginning of this conversation it's an mm. it's ongoing conversation yeah um, and we want to hear your guys' thoughts. I really yeah. want to hear people's thoughts. Yeah. I want people to email me at firstofallpod at gmail.com, first of all. Yeah. Uh, I didn't say, I, I go through most <laughs> episodes and never say first of all. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I, I feel like it's just implied, so now I don't even need to say it anymore. Well, and you know, we're two hetero girls, and this is really only like a sh- like one fraction of this very large conversation. Yeah. And I know there's going to continue to be iterations of that. Yeah. And I think that just to, you know what I mean? To, to contextualize everything. It's like, really, we're talking about the most base, right. you know what I mean? Description of this term. For sure. Um, but like, tip so of the thanks iceberg, for letting, let, thanks for letting me, you know, Thank join you for in on sharing your st- Prisca, you, you are such a well of like wisdom and energy. And I am sure that everybody that that's, I, I'm projecting, but I'm going to assume that everyone that listens <laughs> is as inspired as I am because this is this is important to talk about, and you know we're we're going to keep learning. Mm-hmm. I learn with every single conversation that I have with mm. friends, male, female, gay, straight, old, young. Everything. I really want to bring in some older generation. I have a lot of really amazing friends and like aunties and uncles that yeah. are like incredibly wise, and I want to get their voices. Like, there's also like this intergenerational mm. thing. Again, yeah. so much more to talk about. So many, the tapestry of Minji, guys. Like, <laughs> it's coming at you. And I'm also writing now, so we'll have some, like, creative content coming your way. So cool. Um, but also, I want people to check out your music. Yeah. Because I freaking, your music gives me life. Oh, my gosh. Feeds my soul. So where can people find you? You guys can find me. Um, I have a, I'm on Instagram and YouTubes and Facebook at uh, Prisca Music. So it's P-R-I-S-K-A-M-U-S-I-K. Um, it's K and she a K. I know. I don't know why I did it one day and then uh, you can't turn back at a certain point. And so it's just the way it is now, which is great. And then I have a website, priskamusic.com. Um, if you guys message me or reach out, like I'm more than happy to chat more about stuff. I've got a music video, Fly the Coop, out, directed by Roxy She. Go check it out. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel really fortunate to be doing what I do. And, you know, I hope you guys take a listen. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's lovely, and Priska's <laughs> lovely as a human, and I appreciate you, so thank you. I, I love this girl so much. You guys are so lucky to spend so much time with her every week. It's really amazing. <laughs> like I'm like, what, what, what did I say about the toxic masculinity? I posted it on my Facebook, and I was like, you're welcome, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Both. And also, for all our, our fellow humans out there, it's it's uh, we got to give ourselves permission to feel. That's like the main thing is like, we're human beings, we're figuring it out. And everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry on you one of these days. Yeah. Just like 
openly weep, weep. On you. yeah <laughs> we will have that on here <laughs> um but if you guys want to follow me uh you can go to uh, first of all pod on instagram and twitter and if you'd like to support this podcast um shout out to i have two new patrons which is amazing um and it's just i feel so much love i can't believe i'm going at this to like make making content in my career but if you'd like to support this podcast go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast and also you can email me like i mentioned earlier at first of all pod at gmail.com and please subscribe leave a five-star rating if you enjoyed this on i think itunes apple Podcasts. Um, it does a lot so that other people can find it and I'm a very proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Shout out and thank you to my producer, Marvin Yue. You are amazing. You're such a great friend. You're in Japan right now, but you're still helping me with my podcast. Love you, Marvin. So we love you. Um, you can find First of All Podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and everywhere else. Please share this with a friend. I think that this conversation you know, is really near and dear to so many hearts, including mine. And if this can help bring insight, perspective, or like just drive a conversation... I would love for you to share it with somebody that you think could enjoy it or, you know, think. And thank you to Aquafina for letting me use her song, Yellow Ranger. She's coming out in Oceans 8 and in Crazy Rich Asians in August. So, holla. She's about to blow up. Girl, Girl. it's crazy. So, that is that for this week's episode of First of All. Have an amazing week and I will see you guys soon. Bye.